0: Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon
1: Young. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Sandy. Today, I'm excited because we've been hearing from our listeners, and one of them asked us to talk about relationships at work. We already did an episode on relationships, but it's such a huge topic that we'll probably be revisiting it for a long time, and especially work relationships, because those are different than the ones with your family or your friends. Mm -hmm. The thing about work relationships is that you take a job and go into an office or a workplace, whatever it may be, and there are a group of people there, and they probably have an established mode of operation, and you're trying to fit in and see how it goes. And sometimes that works. And sometimes it doesn't.
0: And the thing about work relationships versus family relationships is that in a work relationship, you are coming together to make something happen. So on some level, it has to be functioning. Otherwise, you can't do what you're there to do. We all know families that are dysfunctional and they have a hard time... accomplishing things together because they don't work well together. And so if you have that kind of relationship at home, it can just be miserable and some people just avoid their family altogether. But if you have that kind of right. relationship at work, it could mean losing your income if you don't figure it out. So you got to you exactly. got to know who you are in the group and how to work within it in order to accomplish whatever you need to accomplish.
1: Absolutely. The important thing about work is that you have to keep the reason you're there in mind, what is the goal? What's the purpose? What are you there to do? And what are all the other people there to do? And then you figure out how you all fit so that you can accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I have a good quote here. It says, mutual understanding is the main backbone of every happy and successful relationship. This was Edmund Bakita. Mutual understanding is easier said than done.
0: It means being able to look outside yourself, put yourself in someone else's shoes, see where they're coming from, what's going on in their life, how might that be affecting who they are at work. You know, it means getting outside yourself.
1: Yes, and for some people that's easy and for some people it's a challenge. And for you to be successful at work, you have to know yourself. You have to know who you are and what you're bringing to the relationship. Are you extroverted or introverted? Extroverts are people who are re-energized when they're with lots of folks. Introverts are drained when they spend time with lots of people. Extroverts are usually friendly and outgoing and fun, and they're the ones who love to get up and do public speaking and all that kind of thing. Introverts would rather just go home and read a book. Although introverts can be fun and friendly and willing to get up and do public speaking and all those things, they can go to a party and be charming. But at the end of that, they need to go home and relax where extroverts go home and are all hyped up because it energized them. So you have to know who you are. And are you able to focus on other people or just yourself? If you can't see other people, like you said, for who they are and what's going on in their lives, if you're only focused on yourself, you're not going to be a very good work colleague because you're just about you and you're not part of the team. So the bottom line with that is that you have to be clear about who you are and find a way to meld that with your colleagues.
0: Yeah, I've always found that the hardest question on any job application is what are your strengths? Like what what do you like to do? <laughs> and for some reason those are really hard because those are things that we generally look to other people to reflect back to us instead of just uh-huh. looking inside and figuring out okay, This is, I think, where I'm strong, and this is maybe where I'm not quite so strong. It could use some work. That stuff is foreign to many of us to look at those things and to recognize where you're great and
1: where you're not. Right. And you have to own where you're great and go be great. And you also have to own where you're not and find a colleague who can help support that. And fill in where you're not as strong as that person might be. Mm -hmm. I came across a list of seven types of work personalities. And I hate to put people in boxes, but it's interesting to just look at there's the wallflower, who are the introverts and just want to be left alone, there's the achiever, who strives for excellence and has a strong work ethic. There's the underachiever who's there for the paycheck and does the bare minimum and you really can't count on because they don't want to do anything extra. Mm -hmm. There's the narcissist who is all about him or herself and doesn't even see anybody else. There's the energizer who is high energy and creative but easily distracted. So you have to help them stay focused. And there's the optimist who finds the good and is friendly and supportive, but may not acknowledge or deal with problems. And then there's the analyst who wants to deal with data and doesn't really want to interact with people. Mm -hmm. And you may have different kinds of people than these at your workplace, but if you have these people, your challenge is to figure out who they are and then how they function and how you can function with them.
0: Which is the same as pretty much anywhere else in your life. And I'm guessing that if you have family that you like to hang out with or different groups of friends, there's a role that you're playing within those relationships, too. I mean, you may be one of these people at work, but it may not be who you are in the rest of your life, too. Like, I know that in certain groups of friends, I'm the one who's cracking jokes. And, you know, trying to keep everybody happy and having a good time. But in other groups, I'm not that person. I'm much more quiet and prefer to let somebody else take the stage. So just because you are one of these or somebody is one of these within your work circle doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are in their entire life. It just means that's the role that they're playing here. So how do you function with that role?
1: acknowledge who you are and who they are. And if they want to be the one who's the star of this show, let them go for it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to fight for the stage. The important thing about work relationships is to remember that you're there for a purpose and it's not your life. It's just part of your life. It's something you do because you hopefully enjoy it and you are compensated with enough money to keep a roof over your head and food in your stomach and that kind of thing. I remember long ago, I was a therapist and worked in an agency with a group of therapists, and we had a a meeting of all of us counselors, and they were agonizing about how somebody in the group wasn't very friendly and didn't want to go to the after work coffee or whatever. And he listened for a while, and then he said, look, folks like you and your nice people, but you are not my life. This job is a job. My life is at home with my wife and my kids and my friends and my extended family. And this is my job. So I don't get real emotional about all this. And that was such a wise thing because some people get confused that their job is their life and that the people there are the most important. And it's really important to stay clear about where this fits in your life. It doesn't define you and it isn't the most important thing to get all emotional about.
0: I'd like to disagree with that just a little bit. Because okay. I think it depends on your job. And I think I it guess. depends on where you Absolutely. are in your life. When I was working mm-hmm. in news, we worked random hours. Most of us were on call 24 hours a day, at least part of the week. Everybody worked holidays. Like Those people were my friends and my family, as well as my coworkers.
1: Mm-hmm. That is so true. So
0: that posed its own challenges for sure. But that work kind of bled into the rest of my life especially when I was elsewhere in the country and didn't have other friends or family. Those work people became my friends and family.
1: That's true. That's true. And I know with military people, especially when they're in combat, the people they're in combat with become their most important people. They become huge family and they will literally die for each other.
0: The military does that on purpose. The military builds
1: that within the group on purpose. Right they have to to keep Mm -hmm. people as safe as they can keep them. And those relationships last throughout a person's lifetime because when somebody has your back enough to keep you alive and they know you've got the same, that definitely builds your trust and friendship and relationship, and they do Mm -hmm. become family. So, you have a great point that Whatever your job is, it may or may not foster the family feeling. But if you're struggling at work, it's important to figure out what's going on and where it fits in your life and what you can do about it. One of the things about any relationship is how you communicate. And I know we've already done an episode on communication But there again, it's a huge topic, and so we're going to revisit it today and just look at little tips on how to communicate powerfully. Pay attention how you ask questions. Don't ask questions that have two or three options unless you really want somebody to give you whatever option. Do you want milk, juice, or soda, that's fine. They can choose that. If you want to find out information about, like we're going to go to a restaurant, and I called to say, is your seating inside or outside? Well, my real question was, do you have inside seating? Mm -hmm. The point is to just narrow it down and be specific in what you're asking. Without giving too many options.
0: It depends on what your purpose of asking the question is. If the purpose is just to get a piece of information like that, yes or no, inside or outside, red or green, then fine. But if you're trying to get to know somebody.
1: Right. You ask open-ended questions and you're a master at that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So why don't you tell us about that? (laughs) You've been an interviewer for 30 years, so tell us about it. You know, there's
0: that question and I don't know what context it's asked in, but it's one of those things I think they use to help determine your personality type, maybe whether you're extroverted or introverted. And it it asks something like, out of these three options, which one would be the most difficult for you? And it's like public speaking, riding cross-country in a car with someone you don't know, and something else. And I'm always amazed when people pick the riding cross-country in a car with someone you don't know. All safety issues aside, that's not the point.
1: (laughs) Right, of course.
0: The point is you're with this person you don't know, and how do you feel? The silence, and I've always said that's the easiest one out of the bunch. All you have to do is show a little bit of interest, and that person will talk the whole time.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's a blank slate, there's no wrong place to start, you know? Yeah, yeah. You start with, So tell me about you, you know, and then they just run with it. An open-ended question leaves room and encourages the listener to share, whereas if you do a closed question, it ends up being a yes or no, and you don't get any more information. You can say, tell me about your work history. What have you done and what are you doing? That's open-ended. Or you can say, are you an architect? Like, yes, no. Mm -hmm. The totally different... One's open-ended, the person can run with it, and they feel that you're interested. And the other one, you get a yes or a no, or a brief answer, and it doesn't go anywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. It feels like in those two examples, one is about actual factual information, and the other one is more about, okay, what are you choosing to tell me about your work history? And what does that say about you? Instead of what did you actually do?
1: Yes. You want to find out who the person is. Mm -hmm. And people often identify with their work. So you start with that. And then I usually try to get away from that pretty soon because people are not their work. They think they are. That's a part of who they are. But there's so much more to them. What do you do for fun? And what was your best birthday gift? I mean, so many things you could learn about somebody if you ask open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. You always say, when you're interviewing somebody, you say, tell me more about that. And it's so perfect because they've answered your question, but then you keep the door open and keep going.
0: And people like to talk about themselves. We all like it when somebody (laughs) shines their light on us and says, who are you? I want to know who you are.
1: Absolutely. The important thing for the person asking the questions is, of course, to be a good listener and follow up with more open-ended questions. It's also important to ask those kinds of questions. If somebody's been asking you questions, it's important that eventually you turn it around and show interest in them. So it's not only about you.
0: Yes. We call those people black hole people. We do. They just let you ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and pour your energy into them. And they just take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, and then say, well, this has been (laughs) fun. Gotta go. Exactly,
1: I remember my husband and I were at a party years ago, and we got our plates from the buffet and went and sat in a, another room. And another couple came in and joined us, and we were like, "Oh, good, we'll get to know some new people." And we spent twenty minutes asking them questions, mm-hmm. and they never even asked what our names were.
0: Oh, that hurts! And
1: after. A while, we looked at each other, our food was gone, and we were done. And <laughs> we looked at each other and said, well, we're going to have to go now. It's been a pleasure, and we left. But make sure you're not one of those black hole people. Show interest in other folks, genuine interest and ask open-ended questions. That will work if you want to get to know your colleagues at work. Show interest in who they are, not just what they're doing at the office.
0: Yes. I like you have a list of words that can hinder your communication or the way you're perceived in your communication. I think this is really interesting.
1: This is a list of things to not say if you want to sound confident and powerful. Mm -hmm. You don't say, does that make sense? You say, what are your thoughts? Or I'd like your input on this. You don't say, maybe we should try. You say, let's try. Or it's a good idea to try. Sound like you believe in whatever you're proposing. Don't Mm -hmm. say maybe. There again, don't say, I think this would. Say, I believe this will work. Be positive about what you're proposing. Don't excuse what you're saying before you say it. You don't say, I'm not positive, but, or I'm not sure about this, but. The but negates whatever you're going to follow it with. (laughs) So, don't go there. If you say, I just wanted to touch base, like you said in a previous episode, when you're softening communication, you put Mm -hmm. just in there and it minimizes it. Mm -hmm. It's not powerful. It pulls back a bit. So you say, I want to touch base. Right. And then there are people who start sentences with needless to say, (laughs) or in my opinion, or honestly, I hope you're honest. You don't need to say honestly. Don't say those things for what it's worth. Don't say those. That just minimize everything you're going to follow it with. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean, don't follow what you've said with, if you know what I mean. They either know or they don't. And (laughs) you can say, what do you think about that? and then they will tell you if they know what you mean or not. Mm -hmm. Just pay attention to the phrases you use. And a lot of people start sentences all the time with, to be honest. Well, of course, I hope you're honest. Don't say that. That's distracting. Just say what it is you want to say.
0: That's Funny because the last note that I have here is to say what you want people to do, not what you don't want people to do. Like, absolutely. Instead of saying, don't That's, forget your shoes, yes. say, remember your
1: shoes. Exactly. Say it in the positive. Yes. Uh huh. You avoid telling your children, don't run out in the street. There's something in the subconscious that misses the don't and, the kid hears run out in the street. It's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. No, you don't want that. So you say, stay on the sidewalk.
0: I remember when I was a huge Grey's Anatomy fan and they would always yell uh-huh. at their patients, don't die, don't die. and It would make me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to say, no, tell them to live. <laughs>
1: Yes, Yes, because they're hearing die, die. Right. Right. Oh, that's funny.
0: Plant what you want them to hear.
1: Exactly. If you say don't, they're going to do it because they will (laughs) misinterpret what it is you're saying. When you talk to people, be positive. Tell them what you want, not what you don't want. Yes. That's huge.
0: Perfect. Okay. What are our points for today?
1: So we are going to wrap up with get clear about yourself, about who you are and how you want to be perceived, and then make sure that your communication goes along with that, that how you communicate shows that you are powerful and confident. Stay unemotional at work And make sure you set boundaries if things are going crazy there. Don't get all emotionally worked up about it.
0: And if you need help with boundaries, we did do an episode about boundaries.
1: Yes, we did. (laughs) And stay focused on the job and why you were all there. Such good, wise words. Thanks, Sandy. Such important topics. I know. I realize I say important a whole lot, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but these things are important. <laughs> so
0: They are. Well, we want to hear from you. We really appreciate our listener who suggested our topics today, whether it's your stories about how self-esteem affects your life or just topics you'd like to hear about and have us address in future episodes. You can visit us and tell us all about it at yourpersonalpowerpod.com. Drop us an email and we look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, find your power and change your life.